And the same play and a different result. Isaac Rex with the touchdown grab. Five drives and five scores in the first half for BYU. And a 34-3 lead. 88 yards and 15 plays. Welcome into the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 FM, 1280 AM. Thanks again for joining us. BYU is 7-0, folks. 41-10 your final as the Cougars dominate yet another hapless opponent. Uh, Brian Brown joining me. I'm Jay Catch. I'm live at the Tri-Day tri Trading Studios here in Lehigh. Brian is back at our broadcast house in Vivint Smart Home Arena. Well, Brian... I think the first half, we expect we saw what we expected from BYU. Pretty flawless performance. Five touchdowns on five drives. Second half, on the other hand, kind of a bore. What are your initial takeaways from this one, Brown Bear? I'll be honest, I'm mad. Okay. Uh, I'm mad at Western Kentucky. All right. I just, you know, I, I thought some of it is just having watched so many of these games this year at BYU, and it's more BYU than I've ever watched in my life. Um, that's just 2020 in a nutshell. Uh, but I want to see what this BYU team can do, and, and I want to see them challenge. And I know that we'll get that next week against Boise State, but Western Kentucky didn't really even come out and try anything. I mean, they got that initial first drive, 20 plays, and then to sputter and just kind of quit there on the five-yard you know, five line trying to score at the, at the goal line. Um, it was just disappointing to me, and I'm upset with the effort. I would agree with you in that regard. It did look like boy, uh, not Boise. Uh, speaking of Western Kentucky, <laughs> they they had their mind on. You know what? We are not going to allow BYU to run this up on us. We are going to control this ball. And it, you're right. The second half just became an absolute slog, and it was rather boring. And I don't blame anybody for turning it off. It's just one of those things that you finish that game, you think, okay, well, that was fun for 30 minutes. The final 30 minutes, yeah, they frankly sucked. Uh, part of it is just, you know, I, I think with Texas State, that's a that's a program that I can live with that happening. Right. They, they've yeah. won yeah. four games in the last three years. They're trying to build something. They're just not that good. Western Kentucky looks like a team that just doesn't want to be there and they didn't want to show up for the second half. And that to me is is very frustrating. Um, if I'm a BYU fan. I, I do feel a little bit cheated. I mean, obviously, every fo every football game we get in 2020 is a, is a benefit and a blessing. Um, but it, it's disappointing that teams aren't coming out with more pride. And some of that is just due to the fact that BYU has been so dominant. We were joking about BYU scoring 40 points in the first half, and they almost did. Sure. I mean, it's just yeah. they're just steamrolling teams so efficiently, and, and it was just – I mean, the speed with which they score and drive down the field, it's just, it's its awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's also really, really frustrating because we just haven't been able to see how good this team is. And I, I hate pushing that narrative and that storyline, but, I mean, what? how else do you leave tonight? I mean, obviously, if you're a BYU fan, you're, you're ecstatic. They won going away. The team looked good. But in the second half, like, you have to have an opponent bring something to the table for you to actually engage in, and they just look bored. I would agree with you in that regard. They did look bored, and it's just one of those things. In this game, I think more than most, I think most BYU fans out there, and let us know if you agree or disagree, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. You can tweet at me. You also can tweet at Brian. It's Brown Bear SLC, correct, Brian? Oh, no. Now they know me. Uh-oh. 
Well, <laughs> yes, it's Brown, out there at now. Brown Bear SLC. Send in your thoughts. Let us know what you guys think of this. But I, I really do think this might be the first game where I think the majority of BYU fans probably would agree that, you know what, this was a game you'd rather see an opponent who had more of a pulse in the second half, honestly, because it just the, the second half of this game was, in my opinion, just a waste of football. And I think you're right, Brian, in saying that, yeah, it's a gift that we get any football this year amidst everything that's going on with the pandemic and 2020 as it is. But that second half of football, it just it wasn't competitive. You're right. It was just there, were, there was a lack of competition there, and that's what just made it a, a tough watch, plain and simple. It was, and, and I think there were a few things here and there that maybe BYU fans or the coaching staff could point out and say, I didn't like that. I didn't like that we lost effort. I didn't like that we lost focus. But if we're being realistic, that's not on BYU. They came to play. They brought their end of the bargain. They looked phenomenal in the first half. I, I They're improving every week, and I don't know how that's happening because the opponents that they're playing are definitely not giving them the look that they should. But that, if you're a Cougar fan, that's something that you want to look at and take a lot of pride and happiness in because they really are doing what they're supposed to do. It's a credit to the team. It's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the administration that they're able to keep progressing from week to week despite the opponents not meeting their end of the bargain. And, you know, I, I don't want to be too critical of Western Kentucky. That's a long trip to make. But you're, you're not in a, you know, an underdog program. This is an established program. They showed the graphic with all the great coaches that have coached there before. Have some pride. Be a little more invested in getting better and, and put up some fight in the second half or yeah, in the first half for that matter. I do think you bring up a good point there. It, it does look like when BYU, when these games are in the balance, I guess is the easiest way to describe it, BYU does look like they're getting better and better, and you're right. And the competition level that BYU's been going against seems to be going down. Uh, so next week, obviously, the Boise game, it's a, it, it's a bonafide top 25 showdown for the Cougars, something that we have not seen all year long. I think we'll learn a lot about BYU in, on Friday, during Friday's game. When, the Bron- when they go up to the blue turf to take on the Broncos. But coming away from this game, yeah, I thought the first 30 minutes, we learned a lot about BYU. Zach Wilson and that offense looked extremely polished. I thought BYU's defense did a pretty good job containing Western Kentucky. But in the second half, it, that was all taken away from them. I felt like there were opportunities for BYU had they had some more possessions in the second half to show some stuff. But eventually, you're not going to leave Zach Wilson in the entire game just to get him to a certain number. There's no point in doing that. You're exposing him to injury. So they eventually said, you know what? We're going to put Baylor in here. We're going to see this game out. And Baylor did a decent job, speaking of Baylor Romney, driving that offense down the field, a high snap that he had to eat uh, with the, after he picked it up. He had to go down with it. Ends up with a field goal that, yes, it did hit the over on the over-under, which was set at 30-and-a-half at kickoff in this game. So there's some betters out there who were quite happy with BYU attempting that field goal. But I think that the biggest thing from this game is, yes, it was a tell of two halves in the fact that the first half, we learned a lot about BYU and their polish. But the second half, that was taken away from us. We didn't get much of a look on the Cougars at all. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> I think if you're if you're a BYU fan and you watch this game, your takeaways are going to be the good things, right? Oldroyd hitting the field goals. He was two for two tonight, despite the penalty. That's not even an issue for me. Um, and and this, you know, the first one from 49 yards was a really, really great kick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you look at everything else that the offense did tonight, the variety with which they scored. Lapini Katoto with a long touchdown catch um, on a great pass. And you and I were talking as we were watching that, just, you know, if you're Western Kentucky, you've got to be better coached at that point. You can't just go free after the quarterback and think that it's an open open invite to the buffet. Yeah. You've got to read your keys and watch what's going on. And BYU took advantage of it so impressively. And uh, I just – I don't know what else to say anymore about this team. We know what they are. They're a great football team. You are what your record says you are, and this is an undefeated team. I think we'll find out on Sunday that this is a top-10 team. But at this point, really, I don't know how much more – breakdown fans need from this game it was a great performance in the first half they handled their business they clearly took this week seriously and now it's on to boise state and we really finally get a matchup that is worthy of byu yeah i think you're absolutely right in that regard we are i think next week this game against boise state is going to teach us a lot about byu it's finally a game where everything we've seen from the cougars to this point it's going to be fact or fiction about what byu is but you said another point you made there brian BYU is 7-0 and for the first time in 19 years. The last time they started a season this good was in 2001 and Gary Croton's first year at the helm of BYU's program. And that's something to be celebrated. BYU has beaten the teams that have been placed in front of them. I'm over the argument, well, who have they actually played? Well, the fact of the matter is they had a schedule that had six Power 5 teams, and all of us would have liked to have seen them play those games against those Power 5 programs to really get a, a look at the Cougars early on this season to see how good they actually are. As it stands, Tom Homo had to put a schedule together on the fly. He's put 10 games on the slate there. It'd be nice to see if they add one or two more. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But the first true test this season, I think all of us are thinking, is coming this Friday night. Mm-hmm. But it's time to celebrate a win. Kalani always talks about the fact that wins are hard to come by in college football. They're going to celebrate it as a team. And I think BYU fans, it should be celebrated. They are 7-0. and Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're 100% spot on here. BYU is holding up their end of the bargain, right? Like, they did the best that they could to schedule the teams that were available. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Holmo deserves a ton of credit for that specifically. Um, the, the schedule is, is not great, but, I mean, that's – there have been games in the past that BYU has struggled with. Cough, cough, Toledo, cough. Sure. You know, and it has not turned out as great as, as fans had hoped. And now you have a team that is genuinely handling it with precision. I think that's the, the part about it to me that's really worth celebrating. You always want to win games. It feels so much better to win games, especially if you're a player or a coach. Uh, people just do not realize how much it takes to win a football game, how much work, how much effort, how much energy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, you want to win games the way that BYU has been doing it. I think that's the the bigger takeaway for me is that you don't want to look sloppy. You don't want to, you know, look like you're regressing from week to week. This team is just laser focused. They're zoomed in and they understand what's ahead of them. They have to win and they have to win big and they have to look good while they do it in order to get a chance to get some recognition. I think Boise, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They're going to be a test. I honestly think that BYU handles Boise next week. Um, I'm not going to say easily, but I think they come out of Boise with a win next week. And then it's on to, okay, what can we do to really generate more buzz and give ourselves an opportunity to really make an impact with this year? I I know I said that a ton in the pregame, but I'm firmly in that camp now that it's it's all about showing out and showing how good you really are from week to week. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit later on, Brian. We'll we'll get to that point because I want to talk about the fact that BYU, after this game against Boise, 
they only have two games on the schedule after that, and they still have what? That's still going to be a month of the season to go. You're going to have uh, two weeks between games. BYU at Boise, and then you have the North Alabama game on November 21st. And then after that, they're currently as scheduled to not play until December 12th against San Diego State. So there is a discussion to be had about what BYU can do to uh, generate buzz when they're not playing games that other conferences and other top-ranked teams are going to be playing games in. So that's absolutely something to keep keep an eye on. But I just I think this is a game that we celebrate the win. We'll hear from Kalani Satake and players here in a little bit here on the Cougar Post Game Show. We'll have that for you guys live. But you're right. I really like what you said there. Is wins are hard to come by. No matter when how they come, when they come, and in what fashion, you got to celebrate them. And BYU, they've had seven of them to this point. You're right. I think I'm with you that BYU should be ranked either at 10 or just inside the top 10 when we see the new AP poll tomorrow. But this is a team that's like is held up their end of the bargain. So I think we'll learn more about them Friday. Obviously, we can't reiterate that point enough. But if you guys want to weigh in with your thoughts on this, feel free to do so on social media. At Jacob C. Hatch, at Brown Bear SLC. Love to get your guys' thoughts on this game, and we'll react to those. We'll take a timeout here. We'll come back on the other side, expecting to hear from Kalani Satake as well as some of BYU's players as well in their post-game press conference. I think we'll also learn a lot about what BYU and their team thinks of this win during those press sessions. We'll have all that ahead here on the Cougar Post Game Show on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network. Offensive line for the Cougars in front of Algier. He'll try again and keeps the legs churning. And he's in for the touchdown. Seventh of the season for Tyler Algier to cap off an impressive first possession of the night for BYU. Welcome back to the Cougar Post Game Show. It appears that Kalani Satake is sitting down with the media. We'll throw it right down to Kalani Satake after BYU beats Western Kentucky 41-10. In half, but um, uh, you know, there's, there's some things that we got to. The, the game didn't. We didn't feel like we're weren't in control of the game. So um, we, we'll try to get things better and um, have a short week and not a lot of time with uh, Tuesday not being a, a day that we can work. Um, we'll have to do a lot of things in the next and over the weekend. Obviously, we don't do th- anything with practice on Sunday, but in regards to this game, just really happy we got the win. Happy that our guys played well, and for the most part, we're healthy. So uh, we got some guys that are banged up, but we'll have to evaluate it in the next 24 hours and see how how uh, ready they'll be ready to, to play. But um, you know, that was a, a good competition with Western Kentucky. Just like the fact that our guys able to establish uh, identity right from the beginning and offensively they were on fire and got, got a lot of points on the board and helped us uh help us get this this w and, and play you know defensively i thought we did some things that were good but uh, i'm sick of people driving it long on us and taking up the clock and and scoring points so we got to find a way to get get the score down a little bit lower We'll start with questions from uh, Nora Gonzalez, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Jared Lloyd, Daily Herald, and Mitch Harper, ASL. Hey, Coach. For some reason, I was the only one that dressed up tonight. But um, you I was great, Norma. Don't let it. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed that the other the, the other media members didn't didn't buy into us. I expect better from all of them. So thank you for dressing up. Happy Halloween. Thank you. you. Look great. I did. 
I did it just for you, coach. Um, All right. But I like it. I know you don't like to look at big picture things. I know you like to focus just game by game, but has it been able to set in that you guys are uh, off to a seven zero start for the first time since 2001 and what that means for the program? I really haven't thought about that. You know, I, I, I'm just focused on trying to get the next, the next one now, trying to improve on this game and then and then focusing on getting onto Boise and that that's a, it's going to be a, a, a tough one and looking forward to that matchup. But there's some things that we need to improve on and, and, and correct from this game. But, um, yeah, I, I just happy that our guys are playing well. I'm excited for the fans, but um, it doesn't really matter now. I'm just trying to learn from this and get to the next game. Connie, got to ask about Zach. Maybe uh, just didn't seem as crisp as we've seen him be. And I know he's spoiled us because he's looked great in so many games and just seemed a little bit off. But what did, what did you think about his performance tonight? Yeah, he was off because he threw an interception. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, but I think for the most part, I like the way that he he ran the offense. Um, you know, I, Western Kentucky is a tough, I mean, they, they, they do a lot of pressures. They do a lot of things differently and, and they're really aggressive. And so, um, you know, I think he put the ball in, uh, some opportunities for our receivers to make the play. And, and, and uh, it goes, it goes, um, you know, those, those, whether it's a lack of execution or, or, or not efficient enough, it, it's not just on one guy. And so we'll, we'll, we'll look to correct it and, and uh, hopefully he plays better next. But really happy with I mean, I don't know exactly what his yards were, but yeah, he, he ran the ball pretty good too. So we'll just we'll just uh, work on on getting better, and and uh, hopefully he'll be be better in the next showing. Lonnie, do you feel like this uh, performance tonight gives you guys uh, continues to build on the momentum that you guys have built heading into Boise next week? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the first half. I think if we can play the first half and, and do that, every every uh, every half will be good. You know, I just uh, – I think we had an opportunity to get some guys, get some reps, and uh, I don't know if we took in, enough advantage of, of those those reps. So – but there's a lot of teaching, a lot of learning that, that can take place, and um, it's, it's good to be able to do that when you – and you follow it up, you know, having a win and being having control of the game. So um, just – just thankful for the win and looking forward. I'm not really worried about momentum. I just, I'm just worried about trying to get better and, and, and become a better team and have a better performance next time. Okay, we'll take a question from Jay Drew, Deseret News, Matt by Monte KSL, and Jay Catch, 1280 The Zone. Lonnie, after the Houston game, you, you said you guys really got better in that game. You, you saw market improvement. Did you see the same sort of thing in this game? Yeah, I mean, there's so I'm being really picky, right? Because I'm disappointed in the second half. But if I'm looking at things individually, I'm looking at things position group wise, and even in the phase, all three phases, there's some really good things out there. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a positive guy, but I, I really believe that you can get better every week. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. There's things that we can improve on, and so I'm I'm looking forward to being to getting the things corrected, you know. And I think I've said the same thing. Um, after wins, I say the same thing after losses. And so I just, uh, I feel like at moments we were, we were playing at our best. And then I feel like there are times that we weren't. So if we can get that done for 60 minutes, I really like our chances in, in, in games, you know? And so, um, I think we we're getting, we're getting better because we're playing football and the more we play football, the more we get to look at different, um, you know, there's a lot of different situations, a lot of different things that happen. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can learn from. I look at the last drive uh, from our offense and, <clears throat> you know, and 
we had some some snap issues and things like that. They kind of put us in a bad position. Otherwise, we would have knelt the ball out, get the first down, I believe it was second short. So there's a lot of things for coaches and players to learn from. And if you can learn from those, I, I believe you can get better. So there's a lot of times, I mean, I, I feel like going to game eight, I like where we're at right now. And I, I like the fact that we can we can learn and, and, and there's a lot of things that happen in the game that could help us coaches and players get better. <laughs> And uh, your team is mostly healthy heading into the next week's game. Two guys we didn't see in the second half were Zane Anderson and Gunnar Romney. What can you tell us about those two guys? Yeah, Gunnar's fine. We just thought we, we made a decision to hold him. And and I think uh, Zane, we'll have to take a look at it again. And um, hopefully he'll be ready for the next game. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful about it. We'll just we'll just see. Um, that's something that I I got to follow up with uh, with our training room and sports medicine department. But um it, it wasn't good to see him limp off, but you know, hopefully we'll we'll get some recovery and get some time to rehab it and see what happens when when we get to Monday. It will take a question from Jake Hatch and Jared Lloyd, and that'll be it. Yeah, Kalani. Tuesday, the NCAA has implemented that you guys will not be able to have any practices due to election day. You have a game on Friday night. How are you going to handle having one less day of practice already on a short week? Yeah, I think it's more difficult for us because we don't do anything on Sunday, you know. And so uh, we, we applied for a waiver and got denied. And so, um, you know, we, we'll have to just deal with it. I mean, that's uh, – I look at this as like a possible Thursday game in preparation. But I think there's a lot of things that we've done offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise that could help in the past seven games that can help us in this game. So I think Monday is going to be a really heavy day for us. I talked to our players in, in the locker room about it and coaches that we're just going to get over this game quick, make the corrections, and then um, get on to Boise when we hit Monday. And so, uh, you know, Sunday, go and, and go to church and be with our families and then get to work on Monday. And then Tuesday, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have that day off and then and get back to work on Wednesday and then just really be mindful of our players and where we're at. We're, we're going into game eight. Boise's going into game three. So the, there's going to be a balance of how we prep our, our guys and their legs and and the, the physical part of practices. We have to be really smart about how our, our approach will be and then, and then see how we play on Friday. But I think the goal is to get to Friday mentally and physically ready. We talk a lot of offense and defense, but your special teams has been pretty solid all year. Again, tonight, Jake makes both field goals thanks to the running into the kicker. But talk about that aspect of the game and just how well they've done this year. Yeah, I think the cover teams have been good, you know, and, and our punter hasn't had a lot of work and that's good. Hopefully we keep them that way, you know, and um, I, I just I feel um, I can't remember on the long one. Brett, how bad did he miss it? Did he just pull it? On the, he had the distance, you know, so, I mean, Jake wanted the field goal, so we gave it to him and, and, and um, just, I know he got banged up a little bit and was like, nothing makes your, your legs feel better than kicking a field goal through the upright. So we have a lot of trust in him. He's striking the ball really well. We're snapping and holding it well and protecting well. So, you know, if we need to, I'd like to score more touchdowns and have him kick PATs, but um, just knowing that we can go to him for field goals is, gives us a lot of confidence. Okay, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, guys, stay safe. Appreciate you. Thanks, Kalani. There you go. BYU head coach Kalani Satake after his team beat Western Kentucky 41-10. to 
I think he had um, some good thoughts there, Brian, especially on the fact that he was dissatisfied with how things went. Yeah, yeah, it, it was classic Kalani, right? It, the exact kind of thing that we were kind of expecting to hear from him. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, we were just talking between the break, and you asked a great question during the press conference about the Tuesday date, and, and I just can't get off of that now because it was already going to be a tight week for them mm-hmm. uh, getting ready for Boise State, uh, and now that's even tighter, and, and man – you know, that's this is the game. I think he did point out the fact that they're going into game eight and Boise's going into game three, and that helps. Hank Bachmeyer, we have no idea. I didn't see any news about him officially testing positive for COVID, but I'm assuming that's kind of what happened. Have you, have he, you seen anything? He didn't travel with the team to uh, Colorado Springs to take on the Air Force Academy. So obviously there's going to be perception of that because Boise did acknowledge that one player did not uh, was not playing due to COVID concerns. So it's an easy th- assumption to put those two together. I've not seen anything official on that, and we may not ever know officially on that, but it seems like there's a chance that that's the issue. But we'll have to find out. Jack Sears did a pretty good job, I thought, all things considered for Boise State as they beat Air Force, and now they're going to be a top 25 team. So this is a top 25 showdown between these two programs, speaking of the Cougars and the Broncos, a place that BYU has never won in their series history or ever in their football history up there on the blue turf, plenty of close calls, if we're being honest, but it's just never been a place that BYU's had much success. But if you want to keep this special season rolling, well, you got to go and do something you've never done before. Exactly right. And this team, I think, will look forward to and relish the challenge of, of not only just playing Boise, but of trying to prepare for that. And uh, I, I think one of the few benefits of, of, having to, of getting to play the Western Kentuckys and the Texas States of the world is that it does allow some time for the staff to, to prepare for Boise kind of across that stretch of time. And, and we talked about that a little bit on the post game last week with Hans, where it, you're not looking ahead if you're preparing as a staff. Now, if your players are looking ahead and, and I will even argue that I didn't see any looking ahead from BYU at all in the first half. And that's really what I'm basing all my evaluation off of. Kalani even said it himself. He said, I'm being picky if I'm really going after the kids for the second half. Sure, and and yeah. we've seen some stuff online where it's yeah, the second unit wasn't great. These are all nitpicking things. And, and some of that is important, but teams are different. The, the, the vibe, the, the, the culture of a team, the, the the personality of a team, it changes from year to year. And and I don't know if it's Zach Wilson, if, if it's just this entire group as a whole, or if it's just the experience and the leadership that BYU has, but this team is focused and they are determined and they are showing it from week to week. And so we we talk about all this stuff that that's really not that important in the grand scheme because they are doing all, most of what they need to right. If, if, if I'm putting a percentage on it, they're 90, 10 right now, 90% fulfilling everything they need to do and 10% not. And going into your eighth game of the season, that's definitely where you want to be. You want to have some room to grow still. You've got your best opponent on the schedule in front of you this week, but you don't want to be perfect in game eight. You want to be perfect in game 11, game 12, game 13. And, and that's how BYU has to look at this now. 
I think you're right in that regard. And Kalani also brought up another point, the fact that, yes, Boise in theory should be fresher than BYU because the Cougars, they're on the back half of their schedule. Uh, many teams out there, Mountain West, Pac-12, haven't even played a game yet this year. It's just how weird 2020 has been, if you're really being honest about it. It's just one of those things you're like, wow, there are teams that have not played a game, but meanwhile, BYU is going into their eighth game of the season. And they do have their work cut out for them. This is the biggest game on their schedule. And uh, Gregor Bell brings up a pretty compelling argument on Twitter, by the way, the play-by-play voice of the Cougars. Uh, he tweeted out, nationally ranked BYU at nationally ranked Boise State is the most important football game for BYU since the 1984 Holiday Bowl. Obviously, that Holiday Bowl led to BYU's one and only national championship, a 13-0 season. I uh, quote tweeted it and said, I seem to recall a game on January 1st, 1997, uh, some of you may know it as the Cotton Bowl Classic when BYU went into that game 13-1, and taking on a nationally ranked Kansas State team. They won that game to finish 14-1 and on their way to a number 5 uh, record. Brian, which of those two games do you think have the higher stakes as BYU gets ready for a big game against Boise? I, I would argue that it's it's 97 just because it's the most recent, and, and most of the kids that are playing in the games right now weren't even alive back in 1984 right? or, well, at this point, 97. I was, I was like, 97 is pushing yeah. it a little bit, I think. My goodness, I just realized how old I am. But... <laughs> My my bigger contention with that is that it's a little bit of a revisionist history because what Greg's saying is is all post-mortem, like after we've already encountered the big games. They've had big games throughout, you know, uh, throughout the seasons. I, I think you could argue that USC was one of the biggest games in the history of the program and, and Tennessee. Now, the rest of the seasons didn't line up the way that BYU fans and, and, and the team and everyone else involved hoped that it would. But darn it, those games were really important. I think there's an argument that in recent history, those games have every much, every bit as much gravitas, you know, in, in terms of, 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 of the program. Now I think Greg's more attacking this in terms of legacy history, all that sure. kind of stuff, which is that's, that's why he's one of the best in this business is because he does it that way. Um, but I think that those are the games that if I'm a coaching staff and if I'm Kalani Sataki, or if I'm Ituyaki, or if I'm Jeff Grimes, or, or Aaron Roderick, or any of these guys, this is what I'm pointing at. I'm saying, fellas, we did it against USC. We did it against Tennessee. We've done it against all these programs mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. This is where we take that next step, because we finish against Boise, and then we finish out the season. This is the difference, and I think, um, I think that kind of approach depending on what happens on Friday and again I'm already going out on record I think BYU wins uh, regardless of whether Bachmeyer plays just because of what I've seen the last eight seven eight weeks um, it could be a program changer for, yeah. for way and have way more impact you know in, in recent memory than 97 or 84 those are great things for fans to, to look back on and enjoy and appreciate uh, I think this program needs something recent yeah, well, and Greg responded to my tweet and said the, the Cotton Bowl was not part of the Bowl Alliance. The stakes were arguably lower than they are now because BYU did end up with a top five ranking that year and an NCAA single season record for wins. But the perfect season was no longer in play as it is this season, also in the New Year's six slash college football playoff era. And I can respect Greg's response to that. This is a regular season game versus that game being a postseason game. Yeah. BYU is playing for an opportunity here, Brian, to make a New Year's Six Bowl game. 
which would mean a massive, massive payday. And the Cotton Bowl obviously paid out plenty back then as well for BYU. But this is a little different for the Cougars because the stakes now, you play in a New Year's Six Bowl game with BYU being an independent. You hold on to every single dime generated in that payout to you from the New Year's Six committee, which I think is estimated in the 15 to $20 million range. That is a massive, massive payday. So I can completely get that the stakes for this being a regular season game versus that being a postseason game are a little bit different. And this, you're right. This is a legacy type of a deal. If BYU wants to have that special season that they can put together and show recruits in the near-term future in recruiting, yeah, you want to see the Cougars go up and do something they've never done before and beat Boise on the blue turf. You're, you're more experienced in the history of this program than I am. I, I've always seen it through the lens of a, of a Utah fan, but if you're looking at where BYU is positioned today versus where BYU was at in 97, which victory is going to have the bigger impact on the program if it, if it does happen? Are you talking the win over Boise this week or just if they go to New Year's Six this year? I'm New Year's Six, because I, I think the win over Boise is, is part of that. Like, okay. And I don't know what your feelings are on it yet. Obviously, I haven't given you time to share them. Um, but I, I think that you're probably in the same boat where, that I am, where you think BYU can beat this team and, and be competitively at that. Um, well, we already know Scotty G has already said that he thinks, and he said this earlier this week, he says that BYU will be Boise. Scotty G, who is yeah. the play-by-play voice of the Aggies, he's already seen Boise State play against Utah State in person, and he thinks that BYU is going to win that game. But if it's what you're talking about with the New Year's Six, it would be an absolute program changer, I feel like, for BYU. And I know that there will be arguments of who did BYU actually beat on their way to getting into this game. And if they were to go out in that New Year's Six Bowl game and get drilled by whoever they end up facing, there's also going to be people deriding them saying, see, they weren't even ready for it. But I think the biggest thing for it, Brian, it's a thing that the Cougars have been hoping for for, wow, what, 25 years at this point? Because when was the last quote-unquote special season for BYU? Is it 96, 97, that, that Cotton Bowl team? Is it 2006, 2007, Bronco Mendenhall, when they went, where they were 11-2 and two, those two years? When is the last special season? I would have to personally say it probably goes back to that 96 season, and we are two and a half decades removed from that. BYU, it's been a while since they put something together that they potentially could put together here. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a part of the fan base here, so I'm, I, but as an outside observer, I'll, I'll say 100% that I think uh, it, it's got to be that 97 year where in, in that decade, BYU was nationally relevant, right? They were consistently sure. being nationally ranked. They were consistently winning the whack. They were being considered for, you know, the old Southwestern Athletic Conference and, and joining up with the Texas schools at those point in time. Their brand was nationally relevant. It was in, embedded. People knew who BYU was. They were no longer just an up-and-comer. They were a, a legitimate challenger. I think that's what a New Year's Six Bowl would do for this program is it makes them back in that conversation. Now, they've done a good job of, of gathering bits and pieces here, but an undefeated season and a New York Six appearance, that solidifies it. I, I think we've seen it in the 2000s with Utah where they did it with the Fiesta Bowl and then followed mm-hmm. it up with a Sugar Bowl four years later. There's no reason to say that BYU couldn't do that in the 2020s. Yeah, and that, that is going to be an interesting thing to, to see how this all plays out. Obviously, it's essentially down to one game right now when BYU takes on Boise State this coming Friday night, and the Cougars will have their full attention on it. I can guarantee you that. They understand the stakes that are at play here. But you're right. This would be one of those things, if you're a BYU football program, 
you've got to go out and if at all possible, find that victory on the blue turf and continue on with the season because if they lose the game at Boise, in my opinion, you, you kiss the New Year's Six goodbye. I don't, I don't think your strength of schedule at that point is going to keep you in the running for that. Yeah, this is not an ACC schedule. This is not a uh, an SEC schedule where you can afford a loss and still make it. This is a, a you know undefeated or bust year. And uh, I think BYU is taking the right approach to it. I, I think the team has handled it well. The, the guys, their mentality is very, very much on point. I think Kalani is prepared as a coach to handle this year. He's had enough of the ups and downs in previous years to where – you know the, the level of talent in the program, the the level of competition, all that stuff has come together nearly perfectly for BYU to make this happen. And for undefeated seasons to happen, you really do have to have an insane amount of luck and breaks in your favor. Sure. And yeah. that's where they're at right now. With in week eight, is it's it has broken in their favor. They've, you know, who knows what happens if they get into a, a you know, a, a grudge match with Army, and maybe that game changes the trajectory of this season hard to say right yeah so i i think you know and the bigger bigger thing is that we have something exciting to talk about for once you know there's a legitimate <laughs> matchup here with boise having a good defense they have a strong defensive line sure an aggressive front and they have a running game which i don't know that byu's really seen all year like i mean maybe houston like, yeah I mean, western kentucky didn't well i guess navy but Hard to hard to quantify Navy because of the whole never tackling during fall camp. Thing. So George Halani, the star running back for Boise State, did leave early in that game against Air Force with an injury, and I don't recall if he ever came back. Andrew Van Buren's plenty good in his own right at running back and had a pretty good game as the Broncos went on to beat the the Cadets out there in Colorado Springs. But I I, I look at this and it's going to be interesting to see what uh, happens on Friday night, but. Uh, as you heard Kalani also talk about the fact that this team, they have some injury concerns. Zane Anderson went down early in this game for BYU. He is a safety that I feel like you need to have if you're the Cougars out there on the field against a team like Boise. He provides the ability as a cover guy, but also in run support. Uh, it's not to say that Troy Warner is not very good. He had a very good game in his own right, but having both of those guys out there is an important key for the Cougars defense. So this game has got all kinds of stakes on it. Uh, let's take a time out here. We'll come back. I believe Zach Wilson spoke with the media a little bit earlier on. I'll let you hear his comments on his personal performance, which might be the weakest that he's had all season long in terms of just look at the overall statistics, completion percentage, QB rating and the like. So I'll let you hear from him as we wrap this up. Uh, I've got some comments that people have sent in on Twitter that we'll weigh in with as well. So still more to come here on the Cougar post game show. Stay with us on 97.5 FM. 1280 AM and the Zone Sports Network. One first down, out of the backfield, Katoa wide open, the cut back inside the 20, the 10, the 5, and he weaves his way into the end zone. Cougars offense stays a perfect no one's out there, and that's an easy throw for the quarterback. Just give it to your guy, Katoa, and let him race into the end zone. That's an easy touchdown for Zach Wilson, all the work being done by Katoa. Welcome back to the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jay Catstrom by Brian Brown. Big thank you for joining us. BYU beats uh, Western Kentucky. I almost said Boise State there. We've been talking so much about the Broncos. But they beat Western Kentucky 41-10 in this game. Let's write down some of the statistics for you guys. 
from this contest. As I mentioned right before the break, and you'll hear from Zach Wilson here in just a little bit, but Zach Wilson on the night, 18 of 32 for just 224 yards, three touchdowns passing, the one interception, his quarterback rating of 139.7, if I'm not mistaken, is his lowest QB rating outing of the season there. Uh, he also added a touchdown run rushing, had five carries for 35 yards, a pretty good night rushing for him. Tyler Algier led the Cougars in rushing, 16 carries for 95 yards, almost near the century mark there. He added a touchdown run, also had another run that appeared he had scored a touchdown on, called back due to a holding call. So another successful night for BYU's lead running back. Pretty quiet night, though, for Lopini Katoa. Just two carries for two yards in uh, in sparse action for him running the ball. Katoa did have two receptions for 50 yards, though. So he made his damage uh, in the passing game. Dax Milne led all receivers with five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Gunnar Romney, who you saw play in the first half but not the second half, had five receptions of his own for 59 yards, had the long on the night. Uh, 38 yards. A uh, good, I think, good to see guys like Gunnar Romney get it back out there, as well as James Empey. Obviously, you hope guys that set out this game, like Keenan Peely, Chris Wilcox on the defensive side of the ball, Tyler Batty as well. You hope to see them back against Boise, but it will be interesting to see how the Cougars handle this. As a team, a BYU on the night, 410 total yards on offense, uh, 244 passing, 166 rushing. And honestly, had BYU been able to get some more possessions in the second half, I feel like those stats would have been much more inflated. I really felt like uh, the Western Kentucky, that ball control offense they used in the second half, and you can say what you will about it. BYU, they should have stopped them, etc., this was a team that was intent on just controlling the clock and not allowing BYU to really rough them up. And there's something to be said about that for good or bad. But the biggest thing is BYU wins the game. They're now 7-0 and for the first time since 2001. It is the fourth time in BYU football program history that they have started a season 7-0 and and going in to the month of November. Zach Sound is ready. And it'll be interesting to see. So let's let you hear now from Zach Wilson, BYU star quarterback. Like I said, one of his uh, less impressive outings of the season, but still in a winning effort nonetheless. So here you go, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with the media just a little bit earlier this evening. Uh, Jared, we'll go with you and then John Kuhn. Zach, how do you, just thinking back now, how do you characterize your play tonight? How do you, do you feel like you did? Yeah, you know, we had a lot of still big plays, moved the ball down the field well. Um, you know, credit to those guys for running a weird defense. Um, I, I don't think they thought they could do their normal defense against us. We've been explosive this year. And uh, they tried to throw some different stuff at us. So, you know, credit to them in that aspect. And, um, you know, the the thing they gave up was a lot of big plays. And so, uh, you know, I think that's how we came out and countered it. We put points on the board and even though uh, statistically we probably weren't the best. And so uh, credit to them for that, but uh, still were able to put a bunch of points up. Zach, as an offense, you scored on five consecutive drives before halftime. I think it's the first time you've done that all season as a team. How important was it to to be able to finish those drives with kind of the defensive looks they were throwing at you? 
Yeah, super important. You know, we, we, we understand that people are going to try and do different stuff against us. I mean, we're, we're a good football team. We know that people are going to struggle just running their base stuff. You know, they feel like they have to do extra stuff. You saw Texas State last week coming out in funky formations on offense, and you see these guys tonight uh, spinning guys up, dropping guys, you know, running all over the field, covering different areas of the field, you know, to try and confuse us. And, um, you know, that's what happens. It's a, it's a credit to us, honestly. You know, they you, you can tell that they've uh, studied us, and they don't think they can hang with us uh, running their base stuff. And so um, – Huge, huge for us to finish those drives. Uh, the way we started, the energy was was important for us. How we could uh, start the game off with a score was huge. Um, that was exactly what we needed. Okay, we'll take a question from Jay Drew, Mitch Harper, and Sean Walker. Yeah, Zach, just in case we don't get to talk to you next week, I'm going to ask this tonight. What are your thoughts about facing Boise? And obviously two years ago, the kind of the ending that you obviously probably didn't like. What are your thoughts and is that any motivation for you? Uh, yeah, you know, really, <clears throat> really not reflecting on the past at all. Um, we got a new team. They got a new team <clears throat> two years later. Um, but again, just a great opportunity for us. That's a great, great football team over at Boise. And, um, you know, they do well at home as well. And so uh, this is a big week, a big week for us preparation wise. Everyone's got to be dialed in. We got to get on the film and we got to take it seriously in practice because this is a, a good football team we're going to face. And um, we got to give them our best shot. And Zach, you talk about that big week. Uh, I mean, you guys are only going to have about two days to practice coming up. I mean, how are you guys going to be able to you know, navigate this and make sure you're dialed in for, for this big contest coming up next Friday? Yeah, we're an experienced team. Guys are going to be ready. You know, no matter how many days of practice, we're gonna we're gonna heal up, uh, take our rehab seriously, make sure everyone's healthy, and um, you know, really for me, it's it's the film study. I know other guys are gonna be like that, but the mental reps is uh, you know just as good, if not better, than the uh, practice reps against the scout team, and so that's gonna be crucial this week. <clears throat> Making sure guys take that seriously, and um, you know, really a great opportunity for us to show that we can play on a Friday, even even with a Tuesday missing, and. Um, you know, he's got to be ready. Uh, Zach, you kind of touched on this right there, but with that off day on election day, NCAA mandated and everything, do you feel like there's that much more of, of kind of a, I don't want to use the word pressure, but, but just more of a reason to get a jump on next week and do what you guys can kind of in your downtime by yourselves and sort of outside of official practices, I guess? Yeah, you know, for sure. There's more of a press. You, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You got to catch up days. Um, you have to, you know, we, we really start counting them backwards from, you know, if it's a Friday, we start, we start to say Monday is actually Tuesday. And, uh, you know, this week we might even say, we might even say that come Wednesday, you know, it's Thursday, you know, it's, it's getting to the game time already just because of, of the situation that we have. And so uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that, that we're uh, ready for this game. And, and, you know, I'm confident we will be. I'm not too worried about, uh, you know, the short week or, or having that Tuesday off. Okay, that's it for Zach. Thank, Thank you. you. There you go, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. And, hey, I actually respect his opinion on this whole not being able to practice on Tuesday, Brian. He's, he's like, you know what, no excuses. We're just going to get ready and we're going to go out and play this game. And some people on Twitter, I tweeted out about the situation that BYU finds themselves in, saying, well, both teams have Tuesday off. The bigger issue is the fact that BYU, as an institutional rule, does not practice on Sundays. They don't gather as a team. They don't do team activities. There are certain things going on individually with coaches and players on Sundays, but 
there's no official team activities on Sunday. So it'll be an interesting situation to see how BYU navigates this. But the fact is that both Boise State and BYU will have one less day of preparation officially ahead of Friday night's showdown. Yeah, and, and I think it's something that we talked about earlier with leadership and focus. This team, Zach tonight felt much more cutting with his commentary than I've seen over the last few weeks. He was very, I don't want to say aggressive in a negative way, but just they were doing crazy stuff out there because that's what they have to do to stop us. Confident. He was very confident and very, sure. um, you know, very active in his commentary where normally I think he is oh, measured and, and not willing to be super um, in depth in terms of, of going into what, how he really feels about things. And, and to his credit, that's how he has to be. Um, we've become so reactionary to some of the commentary that we get that, I think sometimes we don't allow athletes and, and coaches to really express themselves properly. And so it was good to hear him be honest and, and open and forthright about it. You know, he's talking about how they're throwing all sorts of crazy things at him. Clayton White's the defensive coordinator at Western Kentucky. He's been at Stanford. He's been all over the place. So he has some experience in, in, in trying to really throw the kitchen sink at, at people and it still didn't work. And, and I think you should take some pride in that if you're Zach Wilson. Um, but, getting back to, to your original question, it's all part of the the equation for him. It's all the mentality and, and the kids like to call it mama mentality, but you can't let whatever's happening in front of you dictate your approach to what's going to happen that week. You have to approach it and say, Hey, this is what we're dealt, especially in 2020 where we've talked ad nauseum about the coronavirus and, and, <laughs> yeah. and just how this year is crazy. And every single day seems to throw something at you that you just have no idea where it's coming from uh without that kind of mentality you're not in the position right now to beat boise state and be undefeated and that's where byu can continue to rely on their leadership as they are put into a tough position here listen they're not going to go out and practice on sunday regardless of, of what the byu regulations are but the smaller things like breaking down the film and and, and getting you know uh uh, practice reports and, and, and scouting reports together, that stuff would have been get, you know been going and, and, and active. So they'll miss out on that. But I don't think that's the kind of thing that you can't make up on a Monday really quickly. And like you said, this is the kind of team where I know everybody loves the joke about him watching The Bachelor, but I guarantee you yeah. Zach Wilson will be watching film for hours tomorrow. And you know what else he'll be watching? Boise film. You know what else he'll be looking at? The initial scouting report, which, as we talked about, the coaching staff probably already has it ready to go. I joked with you know, some people on Twitter that the coaching staff was probably watching Boise film in the second half rather than coaching. <laughs> the GAs up in the booth are doing their scouting report during the second half. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. Uh, there is one interesting note, and this is an assist from Jerem Jordan. I want to get to another comment here in a minute. We'll get to that. But Jerem Jordan puts out there and goes to what you're talking about with Zach here, Brian. The Zach Wilson quote-unquote revenge tour begins Friday. Uh, 2018 at Boise State, he got sacked inside the five-yard line. Time runs out, and BYU loses that game. Uh, he was hurt in last year's game. Obviously, Baylor Romney led BYU to that win over the nationally ranked Broncos. And then 2019 coming up in December, well, he played in that game, and BYU lost 13-3. So he has a revenge uh, tour coming up here, and he'll be looking to get back to that. One other thing I wanted to get to you with your point, Brian, is there is a former cougar uh, that has a very uh, common saying that nobody cares about your problems. That would be one Kyle Whittingham. I've he, heard that. 
<laughs> and I know that that's almost blasphemy to say that he's, of course, the head coach of the University of Utah. But it's a very, I think, underrated point in all of this as we look ahead to this Boise State matchup. The Cougars, you know what? you can go out there and say, well, we had two less days of preparation for this game. You know what? So be it. But you got to get ready for this game nonetheless because if you want that this quote-unquote special season to continue on, you do have to win that game Saturday night, and you got to do what you can do to prepare. I guarantee I'm with you, Brian, that that Zach Wilson, yeah, the bachelor, bachelorette or whatever is playing right now, it may have to take a week off for him because he is going to be in that film room. He's already filmed junkie, but he may t- turn it into overdrive this week. Yeah, it, and one of my favorite mental performance coaches, and I know that sounds like a you know like a a shaman or a, a snake oil salesman, but Brian Kite, who has worked closely with Tim Kite, his father, and, and Urban Meyer to create the culture at Ohio State, mm-hmm. he talks about blaming, complaining, and defensiveness. And you haven't heard any of that from the BYU players or from the BYU coaches as they are stuck in this situation that definitely does not benefit them. And they could complain about it. They could, you know, express their, you know, negative emotions or whatever you want to say, but, but they're not. And, and I think that's going to be the approach that gets them through the week, gets them to Boise state. Um, you know, I, I, Zach Wilson is not a soft individual mentally. You know, yeah, and and we can talk about what you want to call it, whether it's a revenge tour. I think that's more of a media geared term. I think in Zach Wilson, in his mind right now, he is focused on one thing, and it's it's proving all the doubters and the haters, for lack of a better term, wrong. Because there was a lot of conversation in the offseason that he wasn't even going to start. That BYU was better off with a different quarterback in in his stead or in his place. Um, and, and I think that he sees and realizes the opportunity to leave his mark on this program forever with this season. And, and he probably won't get that back. Mm-hmm. And so to think that he might, you know, do anything but put all of his effort, energy and intensity into it, because that's what he's always done. I, I think it's crazy, you know, but it's one of those things that fans throughout the week might bring yep. up and might worry about, you know, I, it's fascinating to me because, and I, I, I know better than to do things like this. I put a question out on Twitter after the first game or second game where I was like, is this fun BYU fans? And I was asking earnestly because as a Utah fan, I'm not emotionally invested in this team. You know, I want to see them play well and I want to see them do well because it, it feeds my, you know, my media uh, enjoyment and, and doing this job with you and the rest of the crew here at, at the zone but I want to see competitive affairs and I want to see games where, where they're really challenged and where it's exciting. And I thought that the first three quarters of the Houston game were that for sure. And I had a blast watching that game. Uh, BYU fans corrected me rather, you know, bluntly and and quickly that, that I was wrong to even ask that question. Um, And I say all this because I think that that luster of just blowouts and fun wins is starting to fade a little bit. And I'm seeing more commentary about the little knickknacks that we talked about earlier. And and that's a good thing in my estimation, because it, it's showing that this program has already made that transition into a mindset of there are bigger fish to fry than simply winning big. Yeah, I, I think you're right in that regard. So it will be interesting. Obviously, we'll be getting you guys ready for that Boise State game beginning uh, bright and early uh, Monday morning. We'll carry you all the way up uh, throughout the day Monday and all the way up through Friday, getting you ready for that contest. Obviously, next week, B, uh, Utah gets ready for their Pac-12 opener against the University of Arizona. 
it feels good to have just all the teams back back in action in the state, Brian. It's been crazy, a crazy, crazy year all the way around. There, there's no better time for it to start than right now. I think people, uh, you know, with everything that's happened this year and, and the political cycle and everything like that, I don't know about you, Jake, but I'm really tired of commercials. <laughs> yes, we are tired of, of yeah. certain commercials. Yeah. yeah, I don't even need to name them because you know yeah. who they are. Oh, um, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Brian, let's wrap this up here. Any final parting thoughts from you as we wrap up this Cougar postgame show? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, this is this is one of those moments where you really do need to just let it sink in and enjoy it. Kalani is right. These These kinds of seasons these kind of wins these kind of opportunities don't happen all the time and so BYU fans enjoy that you know really treasure it you know and 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 remember how this how exciting it was to be in this position because you're not always going to get this you know I, I there's maybe three four teams in the country that get to go undefeated and have a chance you know every single year um and and even those you know it, it's looking really stark for for Clemson this year right without Trevor Lawrence yeah I you know, I thought Uongalele played well today, but who knows, you know, against an opponent like Notre Dame. And so just enjoy these wins, you know, enjoy the prep for Boise, get into it, dive into it, emotionally invest, and whatever result happens, take it, and, and let's let's keep celebrating, you know, what's happened so far this year. Brian, i got to give you credit. You did the pronunciation of Uongalele, the quarterback from from Clemson better than I think 95% of any national media member. So I, well done on that. I, I listened to a lot of Joe Tess today, and, <laughs> and I got to be honest, he didn't flub it once, even when his kid drew a major penalty in the first half. So like, if that's if you're looking for the bar for greatness, that's it right there. There you go. Well, yeah, I think you're dead on with that. It's going to be a big week ahead. There's no doubt about that. BYU gets the win here, 7-0 and on the season. We'll see what tomorrow holds in terms of the national rankings. I would expect they're probably knocking on the door of that top 10, if not just inside of it. And that's, that, that is something to be celebrated, by the way. The fact that BYU's back in the national consciousness as a top 10 ranked team been a while since the Cougars have been making noise at this level nationally. For Brian Brown, we're going to sign off for tonight. A big thank you to all of you who have tuned in here to the Cougar pre- and post-game shows. We're live here at the Tri-Day Trading Studios. If you guys are interested, check out TriDayTrading.com. Love this company. If you want some extra income each month, they can help you do that. And the best part is you trade with their money. You can go to TriDayTrading.com, learn more about it. You can get their the, the account, 30 days, introductory, $10 is all you have to put in to try it out for yourself. See if it's the right option for you. That's trydaytrading.com. So for Brian Brown, as well as Sean Smither, on-site tech here at trydaytrading.com, I'm Jay Catch. Have a great rest of your night, and a big thank you for joining us here on the Kruger Post Game Show on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network.